Our text this morning is Ruth chapter 3. Listen to the word of God. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he's winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he's finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good. Let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she laid his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Father, again we bow before you. And again, we ask you, speak to your people through your word. God, do a supernatural thing that will give us courage, teach us character, and help us love you more. That's our prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You know that the drama in the book of Ruth is high. You know that the subtle working of the Lord in the book of Ruth is beautiful. Over the past couple weeks, we've seen people with strong character, and we've seen people that have made significant mistakes. We've seen evidences of the judgment of the Lord and of his mercy. And we've seen glorious hints in chapters 1 and 2 of the sweet provision of the Lord for the lowly. Back in chapter 1 of Ruth, we met an Israelite from Bethlehem named Naomi. Her husband, Elimelech, against the principles of the law of God, led her and her two sons out of Israel and into the land of Moab during the time of a famine. 
Naomi's husband died in Moab, and her two sons were married to Moabite women, another violation of God's command, by the way. And after 10 years of marriage, both of Naomi's sons died, and she was left in a foreign land with two foreign daughters-in-law and no source of provision. So Naomi decides to return to Israel, and and one of her daughters-in-law returned to her former home in Moab, but the other one, Ruth, clung tightly to Naomi, swearing to stick with Naomi no matter what. In Ruth 1, 16 and 17, Ruth says, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts me from you. And when the women women returned to Bethlehem, Naomi whose name means delight or pleasant, asked to be called Mara, saying that the Lord had dealt bitterly with her. And and chapter 1 closes with Ruth and Naomi in Bethlehem. It's It's at the beginning of the time of the barley harvest, a dark time, a bitter time. These women must have been afraid, but hope was on the horizon because the Lord was providing food for Israel. Then comes chapter 2. Last week, we saw Ruth go to work in the fields to glean after the harvesters. And she just so happened to end up in the field uh, of a relative of Elimelech, a worthy, godly man whose name was Boaz. And Ruth went to that field and she worked hard. Boaz, for his part, was kind. He was giving. He spoke kindly to Ruth. He protected Ruth. He provided for her needs as she worked. And Boaz understood that whether Ruth saw it or not, she had come to Israel to be under the protection of the Lord, and Boaz was going to protect her as a faithful man, as a servant of the Lord. In chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, Boaz says to Ruth, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. When Ruth left the field after the first day of work, she carried a load of grain home to Naomi. And Naomi, who had highlighted the bitterness of her circumstances in chapter 1, was beginning to see the hand of God. She realized that someone had taken notice of Ruth. Someone had been kind to Ruth. And when Naomi found out that Boaz was the one in whose field Ruth had worked, Naomi pointed out that this man is a relative of Elimelech, a man with the right to be a redeemer for Naomi. So the woman who said in chapter 1 that the Lord had dealt bitterly with her and her family suddenly declares that the Lord's kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. And for two months... From the beginning of the barley harvest through the end of the wheat harvest, Ruth continued to work, gleaning after the harvesters of Boaz. And the Lord continued to be faithful to provide for the needs of Naomi and Ruth. And as we pick up the story here in chapter 3, the harvest time is coming to an end. Surely Naomi and Ruth have a good supply of grain. They're not going to starve. But the question is, is that all there's going to be? Is the Lord doing anything more? Yes, the Lord is doing much, much more. What God is doing is all bound up in the word that Naomi used of Boaz, Redeemer. In chapter 1, Naomi and Ruth could only hope for survival. 
Chapter 2, they could only hope for and receive protection and provision. But can it be now that in chapter 3, the Lord would provide a redeemer for them as well? And you might think to yourself from where you're sitting, what's the word redeemer mean? The Hebrew word is the word goel. To redeem a thing means to buy it or to buy it back. If you lived during the days of the judges, you might have had a relative who got into financial trouble so much that they would sell themselves into slavery in order to repay their debt. As a relative, you might have gone and paid their debt for them, purchasing them out of their slavery. And if you purchased a person buying them back out of their slavery, you redeemed them. Similarly, if a person sold their property to pay a debt, and then you bought the property back to keep it in the family, you redeemed the property. When God rescued Israel and brought that nation back to himself out of Egypt, he said that was a redemption. In the Levitical system, the Redeemer would, as I already just pointed out to you, would buy back the property of a family member who had sold it because of financial difficulties. You can see that in Leviticus 25, verses 23 and following. A Redeemer also might play other legal roles. A Redeemer would avenge the blood of a murdered relative. See Numbers 35, verse 12 for that. But there's a provision in the law of God also that a near relative would marry his dead brother's widow in order to preserve the family name if his brother died without any children. You can see Deuteronomy 25 verses 5 to 10 for that. That principle is called leverate marriage. And, and it doesn't really include the word goel. It doesn't include the word redeemer in that passage in Deuteronomy. But the concept is associated closely to the redeemer. We'll see that in just a moment. By the time of Ruth, Ruth's days, they were tied closely together. The redeemer and the leverate uh, marriage were tied co- closely together. Okay, so we're going to pick up the story of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz here in Ruth chapter 3. Here's what I want you to understand. The idea of redemption, the idea of rescuing a person who cannot help themselves is at the heart of this book. Also understand God is telling us this story so that we will see the glory of our own redemption, so that we can see how great it is that God rescues sinners who can't save themselves. The book of Ruth reminds us of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. We should never lose sight of that fact. And, and, The book shows us godly actions, godly attitudes and character that we want in our own lives. And in our study for today, we're going to see five characteristics that we want to put on in our lives, even as we see the glory of redemption. So our first point this morning, take action for good. Take action for good. Verse 1 says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Naomi seems a little less bitter here by chapter 3. She's speaking kindly to Ruth. Back in chapter 2, Ruth was the one who sought provision for Naomi. Now Naomi is going to seek to provide rest for Ruth. Now what's Naomi saying when she says, should I not seek rest for you? You get a hint 
from something Naomi said back in chapter 1, verse 9, when she was attempting to send Ruth and Orpah away from her. In Ruth 1, the beginning of verse 9, Naomi says, The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. So the question here is, is Naomi thinking she could do something to find Ruth a husband? Because if she could, that would be quite a surprise. These women are poor. Ruth is a Moabite. That's a true outsider to Israel. But then look at verses 2 through 5. Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he's winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. So Naomi points out first, Boaz is a near relative. We've already known this. We also already know that Boaz is kind and he's godly. And tonight, Boaz is going to be at the threshing floor, joining his men in the really rather joyful work of winnowing the grain so that it can be stored. And Naomi begins to instruct Ruth in a plan. Naomi's taking action right now. Now, Naomi's plan for Ruth first involves a little preparation. Ruth is to wash anoint herself, and put on her cloak. What's that mean? Ruth is to take a bath. Ruth is to use proper oils for scent because, as we all know, it is good not to stink. It's right here in the Bible. Ruth also is to put on her cloak. Now, the cloak is the outer garment. This is the thing that the poor people would use to cover themselves when they slept. Uh, This is not Ruth putting on her best fancy dress. It's her wearing a very, uh, very much a covering uh, that a person would wear, especially if they had to spend time outside in the evening. So Naomi's saying dress normally to be outside. Now Naomi instructs Ruth, go to the threshing floor. This is, this would be in a flat surface on top of a hill somewhere outside of the town. And, and Boaz is probably threshing grain in the middle or at night so that he can avoid the heat of the day. You don't like working outside in the sun. And uh, those evening breezes would come across the hilltop and it would blow the chaff away whenever the, the kernels were thrown up in the air. Well, this evening of work would have included some feasting because you know when you did this work, it was, it was, it was hard work, of course, but it was something you, you would kind of you would feast and you would celebrate and say thank you to God for the provision. And then when the work was done, Boaz and the men were going to sleep out in the field near the grain so that they could protect the harvest from robbers. By the way, you've got to love Boaz here. He's not too good to go out through the night and work with his men. Now, Naomi tells Ruth, let Boaz enjoy the evening with the men and then watch and look and see where he lies down to sleep. Then Ruth is supposed to go where Boaz is asleep, uncover his feet, and lie down and wait for Boaz to tell her what to do next. And Ruth says, sure, I will do what you say. Now, I need to make one quick point of clarity and give us a point of application, okay? Some people who read this story believe that the plan of Naomi's is something risque. Is Naomi here instructing Ruth to be seductive? 
even sexually forward? Is she telling Ruth dress up like a prostitute, like the women of, of Moab from Numbers 25 and catch herself a man? Is Naomi instructing Ruth to uncover Boaz in an immodest, inappropriate way? The answer is no. She most certainly is not doing that. How do we know? Well, first of all, even before I point anything else out to you, we know it because of the character of Boaz and Ruth. What's happening here is that Naomi is instructing Ruth for the first time to put off the garments of widowhood and to let Boaz know that she's ready to move on. There's a scene in 2 second, second Samuel that's very similar. 2 Samuel 12, 20, King David had been in a period of mourning. And when that period of mourning was ended, the Bible says David got up, then he washed, anointed himself, and put on different clothes, which is precisely what, what Naomi tells Ruth to do. Wash, anoint yourself, put on your cloak. What we should see is that Naomi here was telling Ruth Don't dress like a widow anymore. Go to Boaz as a woman who is ready to move forward in her life. And what you need to see here is that Naomi is active in seeking to do something good. Naomi sees a need and doesn't sit still wondering who's going to take care of it. Naomi takes action for good. She seeks the Lord's provision for her family. Naomi knew her circumstances. She knew the character of Boaz. She knew the law of God, which allowed in principle that a near relative could care for her and for Ruth. And so Naomi takes action. She doesn't wait. She doesn't throw out a fleece like Gideon did in his faithlessness. She doesn't wait for a sign in the skies. She doesn't hear a voice. She just takes action from within the proper boundaries of the word of God. And Christians, there's a lesson here for us. God has given us his holy word. God has spoken to us in the scriptures. And the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3, or 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, that everything we need for life and godliness, God has already given us. He's revealed it in his word. God wants us to be a people, yes, who pray. He wants us to be people who seek his wisdom. He wants us to be people who know the word. He wants us to be people who live bound by the commands in his word. But there are so many situations where we we sit still. We don't do what God's word tells us is freely permitted that we might do. We, 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 we sit still as if there needs to be some extra revelation from God that confirms to us that we have the right to do the thing God has already told us we're free to do, which usually is a lack of faith on our part because we're sitting still waiting for God to show us a path that will be easy and perfect and never hurt. And God doesn't do that. That's not the way he works with us. We are to study the word of God. We are to pray sincerely. We are to seek godly counsel when we can. But when you are obeying the word of God, you are free to actively move forward in life to do what the word of God commands you to do and allows you to do. And here Naomi moved forward, actively seeking provision from God. She kept everything within the bounds of God's revealed will and God's holy word, and she did exactly rightly here. Now let's move on. Point number two, ask for redemption. Point number two, ask for redemption. Look at verses six and seven. 
So she, that's Ruth, went down to the the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. So here we see Ruth doing exactly what she had been told, right? She waits for dark. Boaz finishes the celebration. His heart was merry. By the way, this does not mean that Boaz was intoxicated. He was happy after his food. The wine had gladdened his heart, but there is no hint of unbiblical, ungodly drunkenness in Boaz. He stretches out. He goes to sleep, and Ruth approaches and uncovers his feet and lays down there. Now, this is interesting. Look at verses 8 and 9. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He asked, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. You get the picture here, Boaz wakes up in the middle of the night. Maybe he woke up because he was a little chilly. After all, somebody had just pulled his cloak off of his feet. And I think it's true that any of you who are married know what it's like to have somebody steal the covers in the middle of the night. When Boaz reaches out to cover himself back up, he's, he's startled, he's surprised. There's a woman lying there, and Boaz knows quite well there was no woman lying there when he went to sleep. So Boaz asks a question that makes perfect sense. Who are you? Ruth answers with the humility that we've always seen in her. I am Ruth your servant. But then she adds something we didn't hear Naomi tell her to say. It could have been in her instructions and just not recorded for us, or it may be that Ruth here takes a very big, very bold risk. Ruth says, spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. But Ruth says here it's tactful, it's gentle, but what she says is stunning. The phrase, spread your wings over your servant, is Ruth requesting that Boaz marry her. See, we know in that time, one of the images for a man marrying a woman was him covering her with his cloak, receiving her under his protection. And the word for wings here, spread your wings over me, is the same word as the word for the corner of the cloak. So Ruth is asking asking Boaz to cover her to protect her, to provide for her, to take responsibility for her. She is asking Boaz, make me your wife. And then Ruth says that Boaz is a goel, a redeemer. Ruth knows something of the law. She knows that Boaz is not required by law to marry her, by the way, because Boaz is not the brother of her dead husband. But Boaz is a near relative who certainly would have the right to marry her and to take both her and Naomi into his family and under his protection if he wanted to. Back in chapter 2, verse 12, Boaz referred to God as the God of Israel under whose wings you have come to take refuge. In chapter 2, Boaz, as a servant of God, he was already sheltering and providing for Ruth. Now Ruth asks Boaz to truly shelter her to truly take her in. Now, before we go on, before we see what Boaz said to the Moabites' midnight marriage proposal, let's see the spiritual point for you and me. The Lord Jesus is our only Redeemer. Only Jesus, God the Son, has come to earth to pay the debt of condemned sinners. 
Only Jesus can rescue you from suffering forever in hell for your sins. And Jesus is willing. As Ruth knew Boaz was able to care for her, believe that Jesus is able and willing to forgive you. As Ruth asked Boaz to take her under his sheltering wings, so we must ask Jesus, please, Jesus, be our Redeemer, be our Savior. Believe in Jesus, commit yourself to follow Jesus, ask Jesus to be your Redeemer, your Savior, and the Lord promises he will rescue everyone who comes to Jesus in faith and repentance. Now, third point, obey God's word Our third point is obey God's word. 10 and 11. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. So the question that's been rolling around in our minds when Ruth says this bold request is, what will Boaz do? Her request is so bold. It's socially awkward. She's younger than Boaz. She's a foreigner. She's poor. Would Boaz ever show her that kind of kindness? Yes. Boaz is everything we've always known him to be. He's godly. He speaks a blessing. He sees Ruth as demonstrating godly loving kindness. The the Hebrew word there is hesed. And the Hebrew word hesed, it's a word that that runs throughout this book. It's a word that reminds us of agape in Greek. It means loving kindness. It means commitment-making, covenant-keeping, never-ending love. It's a word that's really hard to translate because it's so big and so rich. But you see it in Scripture. It's the love of God for his people that never turns away and never gives up on us. It's the love of God that makes the sacrifice for our rescue. It's the love of Ruth that would walk away from Moab to take care of Naomi no matter what. It's the kindness of Ruth, once in Bethlehem, who seeks Naomi's good and seeks provision. It's the kind of love that risks humiliation to try to do what's proper under the law of God. And Boaz comforts Ruth, telling her, don't fear. Boaz says he'll do what she asks. Boaz points out that everybody knows that Ruth is a worthy woman. Take note of that word worthy, by the way. The word worthy Boaz uses of Ruth here, it's exactly the same word that was used of Boaz in chapter 2, verse 1, when it says he was a worthy man, so she's a good match for him. And the word worthy is a great word. It's the same word in Proverbs 31, verse 10, that's used to speak of an excellent wife, a woman of noble character. By the way, here's another way that you know that Ruth did nothing seductive in this little incident. No way is Boaz going to call Ruth a woman of excellent character if Ruth had just done something improper. Then verses 12 and 13 come. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet There is a Redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. There's a snag. There's there's another man who is a closer relative to the late Elimelech. And that closer relative has the first 
legal right to be the Goel, to be the Redeemer. And Boaz will not violate the law here. He's going to see to it that Ruth is redeemed, either by himself or by this other relative. Then Boaz tells Ruth, lie down, rest until morning. Now get this picture. This couple has just agreed that they would be happy to marry each other. It's the middle of the night. The stars are twinkling down. And what does this couple do? Nothing. They do nothing improper. In the Old Testament of the Bible and in the New Testament of the Bible, all throughout all of history, it has always been against the command of God to have a sexual relationship with a person who's not your spouse. Fornication is a sin. It always has been. Boaz does not take advantage of Ruth. Ruth does not try to tempt Boaz. They obey the word of God. And may we learn from these people, these godly people. Obedience to God's word here would have been difficult. It had to be hard for Boaz to say, hey, there's actually another relative that has the right to redeem you first. It probably wasn't super easy to obey God's commands for purity. But Ruth and Boaz refused to dishonor the Lord. They obey the word of God, and so should we. Now, our fourth of five points tonight, or this morning, be a protector and provider. Point four, be a protector and provider. Verse 14 and 15 say, So she laid his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, Bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. So Boaz here works to protect Ruth in more than one way. First, he protects her because he won't send her home in the dark. That would be dangerous. Boaz also protects Ruth's reputation as a woman of excellence. He's not going to have it known that she came there in the middle of the night lest somebody accuse Ruth of doing something Ruth didn't do. And Boaz shows his willingness to provide for Ruth and for Naomi. He sends her home with six measures of grain wrapped up in a cloak. Now, the funny thing here is we don't know how much grain that is. We don't know what size the measure was. If It could be that it's just simply he grabbed six handfuls of grain and she held out her, her cloak and wrapped it up in there. But it could be as much as the measure that, that was referred to as a sea, a sea of grain. And if he gave her six seas of grain to carry home, that would be about 80 pounds of grain. So you get this picture of this man early in the morning taking this scoop and just sort of scooping it into Ruth's cloak and then binding it up and sticking it on her shoulders. You know, I think you can carry one more. Um, it would have been a funny looking scene. But this woman, she was strong. We already know that. So we don't know for sure. But Boaz is making it clear that he intends to provide for Ruth. He wants nobody to have any question about that. And by the way, he gives her something she can carry home. So if anybody sees Ruth walking early in the morning, they're going to assume that she went out early to get grain. Well, last week we showed you Boaz as a man of character was willing to protect and to provide for other people. And here we see it again. Christians, you want to be this kind of people. You want to be people who give to others generously. You want to be the kind of people that give to others lovingly. You want to be the kind of people that give to others kindly, even more than they need. You want to give out of love, not barely just to meet whatever minimum needs somebody has. 
As the Word of God tells us in Galatians 6.10, you are to do this kind of good especially to those who are part of the family of God. Now, fifth point, last point. Wait upon the Lord's provision. Wait upon the Lord's provision. Look at verses 16 to 18. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. So Ruth gets home, toting who knows how many pounds of grain, and Naomi asks the question, how did things go? But, you know, literally behind the words, Naomi asks Ruth, who are you, my daughter? She wants to know if a change has been made in Ruth's identity. Is Boaz going to marry her? So Ruth fills Naomi in on what's happened, and she points out the gift of the grain. That wasn't just for Ruth, by the way. The grain was for Naomi. Was this something to point us, to hint to us at a willingness to give a dowry for this young lady? And then Naomi says to Ruth, wait, all that they can do has already been done. Boaz is a man of character. He's going to take things from here. And this is the spot where you and I leave the story. If you want to find out what happens, if you want to find out what Boaz does next, you got to join us next week. Earlier, I said that we could learn from Naomi. Take action. Do good. Do something. Don't just sit around and wait. Do something. And that's true. But here, once Naomi has done something, done everything she can do, all she and Ruth can do now is wait. When you've done everything you can do, you and I need to wait upon the Lord. God's timing may not be our timing, but God's faithfulness is perfect. So what did we learn as points of behavior here this morning? Take action for good. Don't just sit there, do something. Ask for redemption. Obey God's word. Be a protector. Be a provider. And wait upon the Lord. Uh, I remember a couple of sermons that I heard someone preach, as Al Mohler preached once. One sermon was called, Don't Just Stand There, Do Something. Another another sermon he preached right after it was, Don't Just Do Something, Stand There. Um, Sometimes when there are open things, open doors, open commands for us to obey, we need to just obey them. Sometimes when we have obeyed the commands, all we can do is stand on the word of God and trust him. That's what we see here. You want to be Christians are people who look like this. You take action. Yes, you're people who've asked Jesus to save you, to be your redeemer. Submit yourself to the word of God. Be someone who protects others and provides and wait on the Lord. And I want you to add to this. What this story shows us is true of God um, I'm sorry, know what is true of God. That's what I'm trying to say. God is our redeemer. The Lord Jesus Christ is our redeemer. Jesus is the only one who can rescue us. Jesus is the only one who can pay our debt. Jesus is the only one who can take us out of being lost, out of destruction into the family of God. The Lord is loving. The Lord is kind. The Lord shows his chesed, his, his loving kindness forever. We want to love God, trust God, Rely on God, no matter what we face in this life. Let's pray. Father, again we bow.
Again, we say thank you. We thank you for the picture that you paint in your word of faithful people relying on your faithfulness. And God, we would pray that as we, um, as we move to do other things in our lives these days, that we will take action, that we'll rest in redemption, that we'll obey your word, that we'll do kindness to others, and that we will wait on you knowing that you will do all things rightly. God, for those who hear this message and don't know you, I pray that they will see in Boaz's willingness to rescue Ruth, your, will, your willingness, your promise to rescue everybody who comes to you through Jesus. And I pray that they will come by grace in faith and repentance. God, be magnified. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen.